six points in it with six rounds remaining. Can Lewis Hamilton's affinity for Austin get him back ahead of Max Verstappen in this tightening title fight? Hello and welcome to another F1 Strategy Report recap. My name's Michael Laminato and this is a preview of the 2021 United States Grand Prix for Apex Race Manager, the mobile race simulator. Download it now for iOS and Android. Let's take a look back at the 2019 United States Grand Prix. Austin was the title showdown between leader Lewis Hamilton and his Mercedes teammate Valtteri Bottas. Though Hamilton could finish 8th and still guarantee himself the silverware with two rounds to spare, this was Bottas's best performance of the year to win the race from pole position. It was a difficult weekend in Texas. Cold weather in practice gave teams little to run with for the race, and resultantly strategy was split between one stop and two. Bottas, needing to cover Max Verstappen early, got sucked into the safe two-stop strategy, but this cleared the way for Hamilton, starting an underwhelming fifth, to go long with a single tyre change. It forced Bottas to pass for the lead twice. His first pass was easy, with a substantial tyre offset, but with five laps to go he had to do it again with a more obstinate Hamilton with victory in his sights. He was balked once, but an uncharacteristically tenacious Bottas got the job done on lap 52 of 56 to win the race ahead of the six-time champion Hamilton. I caught up with ESPN's Jake Michaels to debrief the race. We left this three-way fight, essentially. The two Mercedes versus Max Verstappen to see how this race was going to pan out. And we have this sort of standard first 10 laps where everyone's kind of eyeing each other, trying to figure out how it went. Cat and mouse. <laughs> and Red Bull Racing, seeing, I think, that, that Verstappen was kind of the slower of the three in terms of race pace. And I guess, as we later learned, there was damage to his car. Went really aggressive at this point. They pitted early and onto the hard tyre. And there was talk very briefly this could have been a one-stop for them because one-stop was the prediction before the race. Yeah, look, I didn't mind that that early call. And I think Red Bull, to Red Bull's credit, I think they've always been a team that is prepared to make a bold call, um, unlike Ferrari maybe. <laughs> or not, not necessarily a bold call, but a call that can make them look like geniuses. A bold Ferra- call that makes sense, I think, as yeah. opposed to Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, Ferrari's made some weird decisions over the time. But I think, so he, so he came in, he was the first of the three to pit, and, and that was the thing. So he came in, um, and you probably felt at that stage. When he came in, did you think one or one or two? I thought it, it looked like it was a way to keep both options open, right? That it was so early that you felt like it was going to be a two-stop. But perhaps like in Mexico, for example, mm. where the hard tyre held up really well. And of course, this is the same hard compound, the C2, they used in Mexico, and Max did pretty much the whole race on that tyre in Mexico. Obviously very different tracks, but... I guess this was a way for them to say, well, if they got to half distance or whatever and the mm. tyre was holding up very well because so few of them used it in practice as well to know, yeah. they could have gone either way. He in- was quite aggressive though, as you say, when he came out. So you kind of got the impression quite early on in that second stint that it was, given how much life he did burn early, you felt, mm. well, he's probably going to have to come in again. Um, and they were able to just cover him off. That was, the, I mean, that's the thing. That's that's what Mercedes has. That's the advantage they've had for for years is that they've always had two cars at the front and the ability to cover off any whatever anyone wants to do. And that's where Ferrari and, and obviously Red Bull, with only really one one driver that's competing at the front, struggles because they've they've only got one option. Mm-hmm. Mercedes can always can co- always cover both. So yeah, you always felt that Mercedes had had Max covered. He didn't quite have the pace, and and I think there was. But you, but the undercut actually worked. He just wasn't able to just was too far behind in the end. I mean, it worked in the sense that he, he had he been slightly closer, he would have he made up a lot of ground on that first lap that he came out. But in the end, he just the gap just was too too much. If we want to talk about race defining moments, I think there really are two because 
The Grand Prix ultimately boiled down to Bottas versus Hamilton. But as we've been saying, of course, Verstappen finished quite close behind at the chequered flag. The other real race-defining moment, in fact, there maybe are even our three. I'll blend two of them into one, though. It was Bottas covering Verstappen at both pit stops. Verstappen attempting the undercut on both occasions, particularly the first pit stop, where I think he was a little bit closer than at the second. So that was lap 13 and lap 34 for Verstappen. Mm. By Bottas covering both, that ensured that Verstappen wasn't or at least came very close to ensuring, we should say, that Verstappen wasn't going to win the race because Bottas had him covered. And had Bottas not come in on that, particularly mm-hmm. the first the first piss up on lap 13, had Bottas not come in on 14 and on and he came in on 15, Max would have take, Max would have overtaken him. So it was crucial, and they made that right, the call, the correct mm-hmm. call. Yeah, wasn't exactly uh, perhaps clear at the time how strong Verstappen was going to be, but that was absolutely right, as you say. Then we had this interesting situation, not the first time we've had it this year, where the other Mercedes car has had a different strategy that could be quick because it was generally tipped before the Grand Prix that this would be a one-stop race, just because generally that's also the way we've been having races this season. It's not an especially hard track for tyres. We've got the the middle range of Pirelli compounds. It's pretty well balanced in all regards. But partly perhaps because cars were set up when it was a little bit colder on Friday and it was a little bit warmer on Sunday and perhaps because they're just using their tyres more because they're getting a bit ambitious. Whatever the reason, this ended up being a very finely balanced race. So we had this great tension towards the end. I thought it was really interesting when it came time for Lewis Hamilton's stop on lap 23 when Bottas was just about to catch him that Hamilton took it a little bit into his own hands, didn't he, and decided that he wasn't going to pick wasn't come in, yeah. That was, um, that was interesting, given, his, given, obviously, his significant lead in the championship mm-hmm. and the fact that it was always going to be a tall order to win this race. And so he had this uh, moment where Mercedes allowed Valtteri Bottas to attack Hamilton. He got past him. Then Hamilton pitted, I guess, sensing yeah. the way the race was moving because, of course, drivers can only see so much of a Grand Prix, understand so much of the evolution of a race at that point. But it was... You know, obviously Hamilton couldn't win this race by the end, as we learned. He finished second, probably could have finished third, uh, maybe even further back had Leclerc been more on the pace. But that single extra lap potentially could have saved him second place because we saw it come so close uh, down to Verstappen on the two-stop and Hamilton on the one. And we saw, particularly towards the end, I'd see that Hamilton's tyres were going off. This wasn't simply a matter of him having a long stint on a slower tyre. At the end of the, the first at, stint or the second stint? At the end of his second stint. Stints, really. Well, yeah, yeah, it was at the end of both. You're right, because yeah. the tyre did begin to go off the medium tyre when Hamilton stopped, but particularly at the end of his second stint on that hard tyre, you could see the times were getting worse as Verstappen was closing in. Mm. You know, that extra lap potentially is what saved him because if we, if we move towards the end of the race when Verstappen did finally manage to close onto to Hamilton's gearbox, we had the rather fortuitous timing for Hamilton of, Max, uh, of uh, Kevin Magnussen uh, losing brakes. He had a brake problem at the end of that long straight where most of the overtaking was done in this race. Caused yellow flags. Verstappen, as he presumably learned from Mexico, can't yeah. overtake there. <laughs> yeah, look, he was... You could say he was fortunate, Hamilton, for, for that coming out because had, it not, had there not been yellow flags being waved... Verstappen probably gets past. I mean, you don't know, but you you think he would. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you say, who knows? Maybe that maybe the, those extra that extra lap where Bottas was right on his tail, and even you could say maybe the one or two, you know, before that, it it, it shows how valuable it was just to be able to eke out a few extra laps yep. at a strong pace. And I my initial thought when he was doing it was it's the wrong call because not only was did was Bottas right on him, and I thought this obviously potential to have contact um but Verstappen was able to close while they were sort of squabbling and, and he was and Hamilton was holding up 
Bottas. But in the end, it, it didn't mean much. Obviously, we saw what happened to, to Max. He couldn't quite get in the fight. But I thought that would be an opportunity for, for Red Bull to come back into play again. That's why I thought Hamilton probably should have picked. I, don't th- I think the gap at that point might have been about five seconds or something like yeah. that. It wasn't like it was 10 or 12 seconds where they had a lot of room to, to manoeuvre and play with. So any mistake, any squabbling, anything that the team didn't want could really cost them. But look, in the end, it was one lap. Um, he held him off in the end. He didn't try to, to fight it down the straight when he clearly didn't have the, the grip. Um, and as you say, got in front and then Hamilton decided to pit. And from there, he came back out. And again, another good stint, managed his tyres well. Um, and, and I think in the second stint, I was more impressed with what he did in the second stint purely because I thought he would be almost swallowed up immediately. But he, yeah. uh, he did a really, really good job to stay in front. And at one point, I actually thought, he's going to win the race. Yeah, and that was incredible, really. Given that he, as you say, he'd, he had struggled, he struggled. I mean, it wasn't really struggle, but for Hamilton, yeah, sure. he, he struggled a little bit in, during the weekend. And then you get to that point where things still haven't gone right. He's, he's, you know, not done exactly what the team wanted him to do. And you think, with fifteen laps to go, you think, gee, he's might might be the favourite right now to win. Mm. Um, in the end, he wasn't able to to hold on, but no, he did an incredible job. Worth pointing out here as well. We've already talked a little bit about. Lewis Hamilton's strengths, I suppose. But the way that he almost made that stint work was very much a team effort. And it's it's one of the the stronger traits, I guess, of Lewis with Mercedes or perhaps even just with his engineer, noting, of course, that it wasn't his engineer in Mexico, it was his engineer, Bono, Pete Bonington, back uh, in the United States. But when he emerged from the pits for that after that first stop, really went flat out on those tyres. Not unusual on, on the first lap, but did it again on it for a second lap and was then sort of reined in by the pit wall saying, you really need to manage mm. this stint. He asked for a target and they sort of set a target lap time. He's, be, he's very, very good at managing a race like that, really driving to a target and getting the most from the tyres in the process. He really nailed it in Mexico, for example. Couldn't quite do it here, although Mercedes admitted towards the end of the race over Team Radio that they weren't sure they could do it anyway. Mm. Uh, but had a go and really did make it to the end of the race, at least without needing a second stop. But very good at executing races like that. He's become very methodical in his, his approach. Yeah, I, th- I think it's almost the most impressive thing about Lewis Hamilton is how, not that he wasn't consistent in the early part of his career, but he's just, and he might... You might often ask back, and, and it might frustrate people when he questions what the team is saying. And it's like, hang on a minute, there's a thousand people here that are telling you what to do, and they're looking at everything <laughs> and every car, and you're just sitting in yours. But you're right. When it comes down to the actual hitting targets, he, there's no one better. He does it lap after lap after lap after lap. Um, and that's why he's so great. Uh, and he did it again. He did it in Mexico, and he's, and he's done it again um, in the United States. And you know, had he not had a a poor qualifying session, if you want to call it poor, you know, he probably wins the race again. So Mm -hmm. um, I don't think there's much more you can really say about him. Yeah, so he managed to hold on to second, uh, in part in part fortune, but of course in part him just getting the most out of that strategy uh, from Max Verstappen. Verstappen only a couple of seconds, four seconds behind him. I think no, sorry, four seconds off the lead. I should mm. say, right behind Hamilton, which uh, shows his pace, especially if exactly. we now say he had um, floor damage and and wind damage as well. Yeah, a little I mean, bit of plate damage. there's if you say, well, he finished four seconds, only four seconds behind in a in a Red Bull. 
Um, yeah, that shows he, he sh- really should have been in the fight to win as well. I mean, he kind of was, but he was, but he wasn't. He, he finished yeah. four seconds behind, but it didn't feel like he was ever a chance to win. Always one step behind us. He was always chasing so. when he could have had the opportunity to really be pursuing uh, or even perhaps leading after one of the pit stops. So very close for Red Bull Racing. I guess a little bit heartening for them, if you can say that, for not winning the race, considering they've been a little bit up and down the last couple of races. But that's the way Valtteri Bottas won this race from Hamilton and Verstappen. That was 2019. Let's look ahead to this weekend's United States Grand Prix. The Circuit of the Americas offers a challenge similar to that presented by Istanbul Park, host of the previous Grand Prix. It offers a variety of corners that should make it a well-rounded technical exercise, albeit with a greater bias towards straight-line speed thanks to its long back straight. Red Bull Racing highlighted Mercedes' newfound straight-line speed advantage as key to its domination of Turkey, which may bode poorly for the Milton Keynes squad again this weekend. Though the teams have been so closely matched for so much of this year that forecasting form has been extremely difficult. Also like Turkey, there's a degree of uncertainty about track conditions this weekend. Since F1 last visited, around 40% of the track has been resurfaced to ameliorate the developing bumpiness of the circuit. In recent weeks, race organisers have also ground down yet more bumps on older parts of the tarmac after complaints during the MotoGP round here earlier this month that the track was a safety hazard. How might that affect strategy this weekend? Well, Coda has historically been delicately balanced between one and two stops. A smooth new surface could benefit tyre wear and push teams more towards stopping just once, although with a layout that facilitates overtaking, a well-timed two-stop strategy will still allow a driver to squeeze the maximum performance from the middle compound in Pirelli's range on offer this weekend. If strategy is split again, and if the cars are close, Hamilton and Verstappen will hope teammates Valtteri Bottas and Sergio Perez can play a key strategic role in promoting their victory chances. Can Red Bull Racing bounce back from its turkey defeat? I'll be back next week to debrief all the action. Until then, you can subscribe to The Strategy Report wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter for our regular pre-race strategy guides. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast. Special thanks to Ben Loke from Bloke Designs for the show artwork, and our theme music is by Simon Hosford. My name's Michael Aminato, and I'll catch you next week to wrap up the United States Grand Prix.